Hi. Hey. Hi. We're back. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to welcome back to Crime Concepts with Chris and Allie. I'm Chris. And I'm Allie. Let's drink wine and talk crime. Yay. So today's today's concept is I think will probably um be very interesting to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that's fascinating to so many people. Hopefully we'll be able to kind of shed some light and um, talk about some things and kind of get about um, what this concept really mm-hmm. is and, and some of the dynamics that apply with this concept. So without further ado, um, wait, where are we starting? <laughs> I don't think we have any current events. Um, unless you do. I don't have any current events. Um, the most current event that I wanted to talk about I think let me look here and see was this and I'll get into it as we go through because it actually follows through with one of my definitions that I wanted to talk about one part of the concept so it'll it'll kind of but it was April I think of this year Mm -hmm. so of of 2019 so it's not that current but it's yeah absolutely so So today's I'm just gonna go ahead and give you the concept yes so today's today's concept is stalking and I don't mean stocking feet. I don't mean your Christmas stocking. I mean some motherfucking weirdo following you, stalking yes. you, uh, peeping in your window, all that. All Joe that Goldberg. Stuff. Um, we'll go oh, Joe Goldberg. Yes, Joe Goldberg on you. Um, there are so many memes of uh, Mr. Goldberg chilling there in his blue hat um, all over social media. And every time I see it, I, I laugh my ass off because he's so creepy. But he is like the quintessential definition um poster child for mm-hmm. stalking he is the stalker and as we go through um some of our stories and some of the the dynamics and some of the concepts that are associated mm-hmm. with stalking i want you to think of joe goldberg if you have um been following the you series um ali and i are, are mm-hmm. hooked and we've seen both seasons and i've seen him multiple times um i don't know something about joe goldberg is just like fascinating mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that's that is so interesting about stalkers mm-hmm. and stalking cases. Yep. Um, so just to break it down a little bit, the U.S. Department of Justice uh, terms stalking this okay. way. Stalking means engaging in a course of conduct directed at a specific person that would cause a reasonable person to fear for his or her own safety mm-hmm. or for the safety of others or suffer substantial emotional okay. distress. So that is, is quite a, a lengthy, I think, mm-hmm. definition for it. One of the things that I really, really, really wanted to touch on as we gave a definition is that a lot of times, one of the weird dynamics about stalking is the the behaviors, it's all about mm-hmm. context. It's all about these things that are happening and the contextual meaning yes. of them. Um, so it's those little subtleties that may not seem mm-hmm. like a big deal to some people that to the victim of stalking cases are a big deal. So for example, a couple that I have is um, this woman is, she calls into 911 dispatch and she says, there's a cup of coffee in my car. Okay. I mean, so they're like 911, what's your emergency? <laughs> there's a cup of coffee in my car. <laughs> the dispatcher's like, well, okay. <laughs> right. Really good. Okay. Turns out at, upon more investigation, this woman had broken up with, um, a significant mm-hmm. other in another state had moved across state lines to try to get away from this person. The coffee that was in her car had her pet name that this person called her and the coffee was still hot. So 
now we bring some context to this mm-hmm. cup of coffee. So, on, you know, just on the surface, well, sweet, someone got you Starbucks. Uh-uh. It's the creeper. He's here. Um, and, and those, and we'll go through some of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. It's about that message and, and that context. And really, we go back to the basic definition of um, causing mm-hmm. fear, fear for his safety, for her safety. And so a lot of times the laws get kind of jumbled mm-hmm. up because of the contextual um, necessities, mm-hmm. I think, because these things have to be so laid out and clear, um, it, it gets difficult to prove stalking. Stalking is one of those things that is, is kind of hard to, to prove and to pinpoint because something that may be like that, like the cup of coffee in mm-hmm. my car or, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, some other subtle mm-hmm. ones. Um, if someone sends you flowers and it's mm-hmm. the same kind of flowers that your ex has sent you and there's no card with him, no message, you go to the police and they say, so what, they're flowers. Mm-hmm. You have no proof that they're him. You're, and the victim in those cases is like, I know exactly right. who this is. And I'm a reasonable person and I'm afraid right. for my safety. And I'm, it's causing me a substantial amount of mm-hmm. emotional distress. So there is the definition mm-hmm. of stalking and it's kind of um, muddy and convoluted, but that's just one of the things that I wanted to point out. Um, there's an, an, an agency that is amazing and it's worth checking out. It's called Spark. And it stands for the Stalking Prevention Awareness and Resource Center. Tons of good information on there um, for professionals, for people that want to get involved, that want to just kind of spread the word and kind of um, share with their communities, stalking laws, stalking cases, just to get the awareness up about what stalking is. Because that's one of the things I think that is difficult is it's one of those, we watch Joe Goldberg Mm -hmm. do it, but we don't really pay attention to how it plays out in everyday life. And um, how how we can recognize signs, symptoms, and, and I think add to prevention. So that's that's my ten cents. I love it. I love it. So many things you said. I'm like, uh, I found it really hard when researching for this um, episode because stalking. Oh my gosh, there's so much to say and cover, and it's all very like you said, it, depending on the context. And it's so when I was looking at. Um, stalking laws and legislature and then and then cases and hearing that uh oftentimes it's really muddy it's really muddy waters when it comes to victims reporting and the police investigating it so oh it's a tough one yeah and and i think that um perpetrators so stalkers actually get really wise to the Uh, laws and and it's kind of that whole adage of like when you have your, your kids in the backseat or when you were kids in the backseat, mm-hmm. I'm not touching her. I'm not touching her. You know, I can't go 50 feet um, within her. I can't be within 50 feet of her. Um, I'm going to, you know, be right out here at 51 mm-hmm. and you can still see me and, and I'm still here. You see me. I'm, but I'm not doing anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching yep. you. Kind of thing. Terrifying. Absolutely. Terrifying. Yeah. That's a perfect analogy for it too. <laughs> and exactly something that we can all relate to. <sighs> Especially Allie. She was the queen of I'm not right. touching her. Oh, yeah. Um, do we want to give our jump into our cases? Do we want and then give go jump into some like tips and statistics and stuff that we have? Or what should we do? Um, I, you know what I think that I'd like to do is jump into a okay. case. Um, let me see. Um. So let's do this. Let's go through a case. You go through a case. Then we'll talk about some laws and some of those kinds of things around the parameters and see where else we go with it. Sounds good to me. Okay. So the case that I have is um, Peggy Clinky. Um, And this 
case is as told on the Spark website by her sister, Debbie Riddle. Um, Debbie actually went on and became the founder of the National Stocking Awareness Month, which is, believe it or not, in January. And so right now we are in National Stocking Mm -hmm. Awareness Month um, 2020. It's the 16th annual month. Um, And so I just want you to pay attention to that also, because that tells you 16 years in a row, people have been leading this kind of um, call to Mm -hmm. awareness in in saying, you know, this stuff needs to be talked about. This stuff needs to be on the forefront of people's minds. And so January is the month. So we picked a great topic, I think, Ellie, for this. Right. Um, So Peggy Klinky, um, in the fall of 1998, she was 28 years old. And she was preparing for medical school. She was uh, in college, attending college with the goal of becoming a doctor um, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So she moved from her hometown, I think it was Ohio, I want to say, to uh, New Mexico, to Albuquerque, to start pursuing a medical career. Shortly after she arrived on campus, she met a man named Patrick Kennedy. She began dating him. She took him home for New Year's to meet her family. So fall comes, she goes to school. So what's that like? Mm, September, October, November, mm-hmm. December, January, she's bringing him home to okay. meet her family. So she brings him back home to meet her family. And her sister, Debbie, says that, you know, they all kind of agreed in retrospect that he just seemed to be too mm-hmm. nice. He was definitely overbearing. And there was a sense that he wanted Peggy's attention all to himself. Ding, 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 red flag, red flag, red flag. Okay, so the lights come on there. Um, she dated him about for about three years. And so um, in kind of late, I think, 2002, she decided that the relationship wasn't working. Obviously, there had been some huge ups and downs with his um, possessiveness mm-hmm. and this overbearing nature that he had. So she finally ended things with him. And um, from the day that she she ended him, the, the relationship, he began stalking her. He started following her. He was calling her constantly. He was waiting for her outside of work, outside of the gym, um, outside of her classes. Ultimately, when she wouldn't respond to him, because he did all kinds of crazy things to try to get Mm -hmm. her to respond. Ultimately, when she wouldn't, he resorted to extreme harassment and he posted a vulgar flyer with her picture Mm -hmm. on it around places that she frequented in Albuquerque. And so he humiliated her. He embarrassed her. Um, And she started to get scared. Okay, so we go back to that definition. Mm -hmm. She had begun, obviously, to fear for Mm -hmm. her own safety. And it was causing her a significant amount of emotional distress at this point. In June, Peggy met her family in Orlando, Florida, because her brother was getting married. And at the wedding, she decided to bring a new man that she'd been dating with her. His name was Mark Sparks. That's a good name, Mark (laughs) Sparks. Um, The weird, weird things, Patrick was a weirdie. And he ended up calling her brother um, either the day before or soon before the wedding and left him a message apologizing for not being able to attend the wedding. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, you weren't invited. Uh, that. Okay. Um, during the same time, it's suspected somebody did. It, it was this douche. It was him. He traveled to her mother's home in Ohio. Somebody, allegedly, he did this. Okay. he And spray painted PK. So Patty clinky pk is a whore on the garage he then returned to albuquerque and surprise surprise mark sparks house was set on fire okay all during the trip to all during the time that peggy and mark 
and her mother and her family was in Orlando for this wedding. So, um, yeah, it sounds like there's the finger of suspicion points to who. Wow. Um, obviously, Peggy was terrified. She filed police reports. She got restraining orders. She began to keep records of everything he did and turn those into the police. Um, one of the statements that she made to the to the DA um, that was recorded is is just really, really chilling to me. She said, look, you're not doing anything about this. What's it going to take? Is it going to take a bullet to my head for you to do something about this? And those are her words. And that's a direct quote from Peggy. Um, eventually, because she felt like there was no other, no other way for her to have any kind of a semblance of a normal life, she decided to move. So she moved to Turlock, California, and tried to begin a new life. She became very cautious. Um, she ensured that her address and her phone number were unlisted. She got a new cell phone. She told all her neighbors, all her coworkers, everybody around her about Patrick and about the restraining mm -hmm. order. She showed him his picture and said, if you see this guy around, if he's, you know, if you see him, if he's asking about me, whatever, please call the police. Um, there was already the, the charges were still um, pending in Albuquerque. And so six days before the stalking trial was set to start, Patrick found her in California. Wow. He had hired a private investigator after the private investigator found her in California. Patrick flew there. Then he began, he began to pose as a, a private investigator himself. And he, um, he was pretty slick and most stalkers are, that's the other piece of it. It's, it's kind of that sheer desperation and that, that focus and obsession that, that kind of gets them to be not only creative, but extremely bold and ballsy. So he pretended to be a private eye and he stopped delivery people and showed them her picture and said, you know, that she was wanted and that he was looking for her. So ultimately somebody showed him where she lived and said, yeah, I know that I know her and this is where she lives. So really not that hard to find somebody who is really actively trying to wow. hide. Okay. Let's, let's just be clear about that. It's easy to find anybody. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this woman was trying to hide from this guy and it was, it was pretty easy for him to, to kind of um, smoke her out. Um, so when he went to her house um, and she was leaving, it was Saturday morning and he happened to get her on her way out. He ended up grabbing her, um, drug her back to her apartment. He taped, he duct taped her hands together. He choked her and beat her severely. Um, they said that he beat her so bad. Her blonde hair had turned red. Like it was red completely from the beating. Um, despite all of that, Peggy managed to break free. She fled to a neighbor's house and called 911. So the police were arriving when Patrick broke through the door of the neighbor's house and he held her at gunpoint. He shot and killed her in the back oh of the head goodness. and then he killed himself. Um, there was a moment where she realized that the police were there, but they weren't going to be able to save her. Um, and she started yelling to law enforcement officers to please tell her family that she loved yeah. them and sending messages, um, knowing that this was the end for her that, you know, she had fought this, she had tried her, everything she could to get away from him. And she had that moment where she knew that he was going to end her life. And sure enough, he did. And when you go back to that statement that she made to the DA's office, what will it take a bullet to my head for you to do something about this? And ultimately she had a bullet to her head and this family is now without a daughter. Her sister has gone on to tell her sister's story and to advocate for stalking victims everywhere. Um, she founded again the the National uh, Stalking Awareness Month, and so it's just something that I want to honor um, and just take a moment to honor um, Peggy's life and also her sister and the family 
and all and and all the other families and victims out there. Um, definitely to find yourself in the snares or the crosshairs mm-hmm. of a stalker is no fault mm-hmm. of your own, and it can happen to anybody, mm-hmm. and it does happen all the time. And so I just wanted to kind of point right. that out. Oh my goodness sad i know i did not see that coming i really didn't see uh but you know it'd be interesting to see because all the stalking cases that i found and i have two for today um it's the lady the victims themselves who told the story um so i that's heartbreaking that peggy um didn't survive that ordeal that's (sighs) okay that was a heavy one and i took notes while you were talking but now that me and now I'm like, uh, I know I, I kind of am down now, but I didn't. I hadn't stopped January being the um stalking awareness month, and I had no idea that your case would be um the tie to that. Her sister would be responsible for that, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a good thing cool. to come out of that, yeah, absolutely. We, you know, in life, we have to experience tra- tragedies and especially things like this that are very preventable, but law enforcement and we just as a society just this is one crime that we're always behind the eight ball trying to, you know, uh, trying to, to solve and, and um, investigate and stuff. And it's just not clear cut where you can intercede because like, like you said earlier, it kind of teeters the line. Uh, yeah. And so it's like sometimes when law enforcement gets involved, it's too late. It is when the crime it turns violent. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So my case, um, so I went back and forth, but I wanted to cover this case because it's a little bit different and you'll see when we're done with it. Um, This case uh, is about Ronnie Jacobson and it went on for 15 years. Um, But like I said, it's a little bit different than your case. This involves a lot of online stalking and on the phone and some in person, but a lot of online aspects. So, Um, like I said, Ronnie had a stalker for 15 years. So Ronnie met Danny and it's not her real name in the article that she published. She's using Danny. I mean, not his real name. So she met him in 2001 at camp. She was 12 and Danny was 14 and they were friends at camp that whole summer. Now look, she noticed that when she wanted to go off with her other friends at you know, during the days at camp, um, that Danny really didn't like it and he would kind of get upset. So she ended up spending a lot of days with him. Um, and you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But they go to camp, they're friends, they, you know, hang out every day. Um, they go back to their own places and their own schools. And that upcoming school year, they kind of talked on the phone occasionally. And uh, then she didn't mind talking to him. She said, you know, it was kind of fun. It's a friend from camp. Um, calls started coming more frequently and Ronnie began to just get irritated with the frequency of the calls. So then she began to avoid taking calls from him. She had her parents screen her calls, kind of make excuses why she couldn't come to the phone. Um, when her parents were tired of screening the calls, they just simply blocked uh, Danny's phone number. Um, Ronnie said that he couldn't take the hint. Another, another red flag, right? Looking back, couldn't take the social cue. Or wouldn't, more like wouldn't. So a little while later, she uh, got AOL messaging and there came Danny, started messaging her on AOL Instant Messenger. So she talked to him on and off through there, through high, throughout high school, um, until she ended up blocking him there too because of the frequency 
of his messages. So in 2006, Ronnie got a Facebook account. Now remember this all started five years previously in 2001. So 2006, she gets a Facebook account. Danny requested. So she's, how old was she at this point? Um, so 17. She gets a Facebook account. Danny requests to be her friend there. And she accepted his friend request because at this point he hadn't done anything but been annoying. Right. <laughs> so uh, Ronnie. Um, okay. So he would write her every day on Facebook and tell her about his day's activities and his random thoughts. And she said she would respond occasionally if she felt bored or lonely. Uh, during her sophomore year of college, um, she kind of hadn't, hadn't messaged him, you know, in a couple of years or whatever. Now she's in college. She was leaving the library one evening, and there she sees Danny standing right outside the library. You know he's not in Right, college. he does not go to that college, plot twist. <laughs> so she walks up to him, quite surprised, and he hands her a CD, a Red Hot Chili Pepper CD, she remembers. And she, he asks her if they could have dinner together. Although Ronnie remembers not wanting to have dinner or hang out or see Danny at all, she said she did feel not like she didn't want to be rude, and she felt a little touched that he had shown up in, with a gift for her. So she led him to the cafeteria on campus and had dinner with him. And she said, just kind of made awkward conversation until um, she faked an excuse to leave. So think about this, right? Keep in your mind that all the time she doesn't really want to hang out with the guy. She doesn't really want to talk to him, but she's doing it reluctantly. Red flag. She doesn't want to be a bitch. There it is. She doesn't want to be rude. She doesn't right. want to be a bitch. Um, um and, and really going against that, we talked about the gift yeah. of fear and intuition, going against that intuition. Uh -huh. um, not saying that it's her fault, because it's not his fault, her fault. This guy's a freaking yeah. weirdo. And we, um, he's a weird weirdo that weirds around. <laughs> but at the same time, uh -huh. we just want to encourage everybody that it's okay. It's more than okay. It's actually called for sometimes fuck politeness as georgia and karen would Absolutely. Say. um you owe you owe uh -huh. nothing and yes exactly I'm, I'm just in awe of how since we started this podcast all of our concepts flowed together so seamlessly and it's so crazy um because yeah. some things that you say i'll pick up on all i will be like we just said that last week or so, so i love it that it all ties together so let's Wait a minute, you right? said that. So let's carry on. This one's kind of a long one, but I do want to cover the whole timeline and remember it's 15 years. So after that incident at the college, um, Ronnie decided to just cut off contact with him. So she wouldn't um, answer any of, of uh, Danny's texts or messages or emails. She just figured that his interest would dwindle over time. In fact, it didn't, his interest didn't dwindle and he just increased, doubled down, right? And increased his from his already kind of crazy daily messages to a maniacal rate of every few hours uh, for days on end. He would go every few hours for days at a time. Ronnie finally caved and sent him a message asking him, please stop messaging me so much or I'll have to block you. He wrote, he wrote back in response saying, okay, good luck with your quest. <laughs> Ronnie, Ronnie thought to herself, Had, has he gotten the hint? Is this, is it that easy? All right. No, he hadn't gotten the hint. He then began sending her angry and mean messages. So she blocked him. She says this is when everything changed. Danny found no matter what, where she would block him. Now, mind you, she had blocked him from Facebook, from Instant Messenger, AOL, from her email, from her text, 
Danny found ways to contact her. He um, would create new accounts and just keep messaging her. And at this point, he changed from just daily, his daily, you know, thoughts to um, he began sending her insults and mean veiled threats. I'm going to come hurt you, but, you know, insults and threats. It would be threats to maybe like more like ruin her reputation. Okay. Or like veiled yeah. threats, maybe like uh-huh. veiled, like like oh, it would be really sad if something would happen yeah. to you. This is what you yeah. hear a lot yeah. of stalking cases. Accidents happen all the yes. time. I just read, I just read a story about somebody who uh-huh. whatever. Yeah, I love that you're saying that because that's exactly how she said it. Veiled threats. Um, so in 2013, now again, stall started in 2001. So 12 years have gone by. She's been dealing with this little peckerhead. God. Um, Danny sent Ronnie's parents a letter detailing his recent activities. It turns out Danny had contacted a number of government agencies and journalism associates about Ronnie's ethics and her integrity and her work ethic, her professionalism, right? He kind of called that, that all into, into play. Um, in the letter, he said it hoped that it would ruin her career as a journalist. Mm. Uh, Ronnie said she began to have to field multiple inquiries about Danny every month. And she said she'd have to explain the situation. And she remembers feeling really embarrassed. You know, here she was trying to make it in a professional world. And she was a freelance writer. Um, and she'd have to explain the reputation exactly. and credibility yep. of everything for mm-hmm. her. Yeah. She would have to explain it to prospective employers. Um, and she said, luckily, a lot of people believed her and and gave her the benefit of the doubt and let her try and then she was really good at a really talented writer so she did was able to find work and everything right but what bullshit that she even had to Absolutely. deal with that. so she this after fuck. this was going on um in what was it 2013 he decided to attack her career right professionally so after about a year of dealing with that she be, she decided she wanted to take legal action but she had doubts because she retells of a story in which she watched police officers try to dissuade a neighbor from reporting physical abuse that she had suffered at the hands of her boyfriend. And so Ronnie found, well, if police had a hard time acknowledging the neighbor's bruises all over her body as abuse, um, what are what are the chances they're going to believe me, you know, about Danny right. um, stalking? So she was kind of hemming and hawing, but she really did decide to take legal action. She was going to look into it. Uh, around this time, Danny began impersonating Ronnie by spoofing her accounts online. He began to not only send threats her way and to her, but now from her, supposedly, right, to everybody she knew. So he would get on friends' posts and friends' pictures of Ronnie and say terrible things to them. Talk, yeah. Um, I remember, and I don't have a note about it, but I do remember her saying a friend posted a picture of herself, Ronnie, and then the friend's baby. And he said, oh, um, something about when, when I take care of Ronnie, then I'll come slit your baby's throat. So now it's, he's, you know, uh, reaching out to her friends as well and sending threats to them. And threatening them, yeah, and their baby. So. Um, she, she decided, no, you know what? He's bringing everyone into this. I have to, I have to file a report. So where do I start filing this report? Where do I go? So she tried to report it. She tried to do a little bit of research online and she filed a report with the FBI Cybercrime center. Um, she received an email stating that because they received thousands of complaints each week, they couldn't possibly respond to everyone. So really they weren't going to do anything with her complaint. 
So then she decided to go to her local police. Um, at the local police, Ronnie was told that what she described wasn't a crime. She was shocked. She had shown them all the letters and all the evidence that she'd been collecting over the years and tried to ask the police to look at it from different angles had to see if he had committed a crime. Um, not only stalking, but harassment, identity fraud, defamation of character, right? She said, Let's, what can we find that he did? Ronnie was told that since she was never afraid for her life and she didn't seem to be in immediate physical danger that there was nothing the police could do. Wow. So uh, dejected, being dejected, Ronnie looked up the, the New York penal code on cyber stalking and she con took upon herself to contact lawyers, law professors, and kind of learn all she could about the cyber stalking laws so that she could maybe put together her own case. Um, so, wow. yeah, so while looking around online, she found that so many people are victims of stalking, and, you know, in person and online stalking. And that while it is a little bit easier to prove the physical stalking, right? The person coming and hiding in a bush or leaving things at your door, it's a little bit easier. It's still not easy to prove that. But online uh, stalking and online threats are a lot harder. Um, so a law professor told her that there was a big deficit in law enforcement in training and education about it. While there are laws on the books for cyber stalking and cyber crimes that just not enough police officers have that training that they feel comfortable even investigating that. So <clears throat> at that time, they didn't have all the, which they probably do now, the special teams, right? The special areas, sections that are, here's the cybercrime division, right? In sure. Well, sure. at this time, she, she just was working with her local PD and, you know, they didn't know how to help her. They didn't know how they were going to help her, wanted to help her. Um, so she found that a good deal of law enforcement, just because of the unfamiliarity with the technology as it was coming out, um, just were unable to respond to it. So while cyber stalking laws and crimes were getting more understood and the laws were getting stronger, the police and FBI response to it wasn't growing at that same rate. Right. So right. you can put all the laws on the books that you absolutely. Want, but if you mm -hmm. can't, if you can't train, you know, practical applications. Right? Right. Happen. So, so a little bit of shocking uh, that Ronnie found out was it, between the years of 2010 and 2013, the FBI prosecuted 10 cyber stalking cases out of an estimated 2.5 million reported. 10. Wow. So, you know, I mean, and we're a little bit past 2013, but that's still pretty shocking. Um, they still didn't recognize it as a real or, or real crime either blaming the victims or just saying, close your computer, get offline. Um, like you said earlier with the roses, they're just roses, throw them away, like close your computer. Um, so Ronnie continued to do her own research on stalking laws. Meanwhile, Danny was still contacting her. Um, Ronnie's dad, now I guess it's important to say that she does remember, again, hindsight, him kind of mentioning other girls. Well, if you don't have me, Cynthia will, or if you won't have me, <laughs> didn't mention other girls right throughout the time so uh, around you know Ronnie's dad um, received a letter uh, from a lawyer who was representing Danny and he apologized for his client's behavior and he asked that if uh, Danny tried to contact Ronnie again that he, you know they let the lawyer know so the dad her dad let her know and Ronnie emailed the lawyer back asking you know about the case or what would happen but because of attorney client privilege 
the lawyer couldn't reveal why he was representing, right? The nature of his representation of Danny. So Ronnie's kind of just left to assume that he's being sued by another victim. Um, she, at this time she was writing this article and I believe it was 2016. She kind of believed that her saga with Danny was coming to an end, but she did leave us with the thought that although she wasn't in fear for her life or she wasn't ever physically in danger by Danny, she doesn't, that doesn't negate her experience or make his actions any less damaging. So that's, yep, right. that's what you were saying earlier that, you know, even if there's not a threat of physical violence, it's. Well, and, and I'm going to go on record, um, you know, as somebody who has forensic psychology training and education, there is always the propensity for violence in these cases. I don't care whether or not the victim or the perpetrator, if the victim thinks uh-huh. there is, or the perpetrator never intends right. for it. When you deal with this level of obsession mm-hmm. and delusion, there is always a possibility of propensity mm-hmm. for violence. And so fear for your life, okay, but maybe not, yeah. but that whole significant emotional distress, right. freaking absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Having someone jacking with you every time you turn around that is significant emotional distress and it sucks that that those are kind of the Mm -hmm. bars and that that can still be very subjective but you did that's what you just said is a perfect Mm -hmm. segue for me to um get into some let me see where i have it listed here so on the spark website Um, there's actually i said a ton of training for people that want to kind of take this out into their mm -hmm. community um but one of the things that I thought was really, oh, where did I put it? Hmm. I may not have it on here. Oh, here we go. Um, it's a, it's, it's S-L-I-R. Okay. okay. So I want you to write I that am. down if you, I mean, there. S-L-I-I. And it stands for surveillance. Okay. Life invasion. Intimidation. And interference. So these are the, the consequences or the these are the components i guess of stalking behavior so surveillance Mm -hmm. somebody's watching you somebody's paying attention to where you're going what you're doing life invasion Mm -hmm. they are getting into your life and they are fucking with it so they are putting flyers up or in her case they're you know calling her employers Mm -hmm. they're doing all of these other things intimidation um they are saying you know you're whatever good luck with that or what did he say like good luck with that quest yeah okay good luck on your quest yeah, that kind of stuff. And in a, with your life and with your well-being and with with everything mm-hmm. that you're trying to do. So this jack wagon is mm-hmm. doing all of these things. Any component mm-hmm. of that or any of them, you know, as a whole, that constitutes mm-hmm. a stalker. That constitutes somebody who is stalking your ass. And so just remembering that and remembering that spark, S-P-A-R-C. And that's the Stalking Prevention Awareness and Resource Center. That, I think, having that in the back of your mind, if you ever have a friend, if it's ever you, if you ever, you know, come across somebody who seems to be the victim of stalking, you can hit them up as a resource and they have some amazing things on their site. Um, I didn't end up covering, but I had another case that I wanted to talk about. And if you don't mind, I will just give a, like a little blurb about it. And then because it does lead to, as you're, as you're listing online um, resources, this Kathleen Beatty is an awesome one. Absolutely. So, so I ran yeah, across, yeah, across Kathleen Beatty and she coins herself uh, the safety. She has an online presence as the safety Ooh. chick. And she, the sa- Kathleen Beatty, 
And she's the safety chick. So that's her website, thesafetychick.com. And she gives, she's really um, a personal safety specialist now. And she was um, instrumental in creating the first stalking laws in California in 1990s, in the early 90s. And so what happened with Kathleen is um, it started in 1982 when she was stalked for eight years um, from a high school classmate that she wasn't, she ran track with this dude, wasn't close to him or anything. He stalked her for eight years. And this was one of those calling, showing up, hiding in bushes, leaving gifts kind of stalking. And in night, and so Kathleen graduated from high school, moved away. Uh, the dude actually, his name was what, Greg Stagner? No, uh, Lawrence Stagner. Greg's her husband later on. Um, ended up breaking into her parents' house when she had moved away to college to get her new address. Showed up at her college like this was the legit hiding in a bush. I'm gonna try to get to at you, stalking. Um, I think you mentioned the earlier the word. That, that fits this guy. <laughs> I think you're going to cover it later. Um, ended up, yeah, Kathleen ended up uh, marrying a professional N- NFL player for the Dolphins, Greg Beatty. And he, um, while they were living in Florida, because again, he played with the Dolphins, it, um, he, Greg, her husband was away at a training camp and Stagner broke into her house. Well, throughout the years, he was a relentless stalker and she was getting um spending thousands of dollars on um restraining orders and lawyer fees and stuff right because she was like trying to attack this guy with the vigor that he was attacking her with um but there were there were no stalking laws like at the in 1982 when it started stalking wasn't even a term that was used to describe that behavior so she was really you know fighting a losing battle at that time um but anyway they had moved to florida uh, Kathleen and her husband, she was home alone. Her husband was away and Stagner broke into their home kidnapped him. and he had a gun and a knife and he told her he was going to take her away where they could live happy and after. And it just so happened that Kathleen's mom called at that time and, and Lawrence allowed her to um, answer the phone and he said, be cool, you know, <laughs> don't say anything. And so her mom could just tell in her voice that something was wrong. And so after they hung up, she ended up calling the police and police showed up. And as he was walking her, Larry was walking her out to the car. Um, she heard the police sirens wriggled away from him and ran. And remember, they had run track together. So she said she ran like the fastest dash of her life, ran, got away. Um, they um, arrested him. He was like an 11 hour standoff with the fool right there in her at the house. Arrested. Yeah. And for years after, I mean, he got eight years for that and he was released after that and violated his parole three or four times going right back after her. So he would literally get out of prison and break his parole ankle monitor, be damned, he would cut it off and go after Kathleen. (laughs) So they kept catching him, right? He didn't get back at her. Um, But so all this stuff happened and He's now like in a halfway house again, out on parole. So, but she's, you know, she's good because she's all about her personal safety, and they really, you know, ready for this. Yeah, and I love, I love yeah, the safety check. That's, that's amazing. Awesome. Yeah, way to yep. take something, way to take something yep. so shitty and freaking right. use it as and an empowerment it. tool. Yep. Like, ha ha, fool. Yep. 
She made it her life's exactly. mission now. She's all about safety. And she says she um, she also wrote a book called No Fear about personal safety. Um, but on her website, oh my God, it's a wealth of information. Tips, how to keep your children safe, how to uh, red flags on stalking, some safety tips for yourself should you find yourself in a situation like that. So it's a wealth of information, the safety check. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Love it, love it, love it. That's amazing. So you said, you know, something that I am going to take as mm-hmm. my um, segue. Um, but somebody who is mm-hmm. delusional, right? Somebody who has this delusional belief, this obsession. Com- I think the obsession compiled with a delusional yeah. belief. So an obsession with the person and a belief that is delusional mm-hmm. to everybody else that that person is in love with them or mm-hmm. has feelings for them or cares about them despite serious evidence against it like <laughs> restraining orders and um a glock 45 mm-hmm. in your face when you open try right. to get in my front door and i you know that um mm-hmm. you know all of the all of the evidence i think of the what what is the most um serious evidence against mm-hmm. it that would be it like you're coming up and up my walkway you yeah. have my glock hi let's talk here that but but despite all of that all of that evidence that the person wants nothing to do with this other person the delusion is so prevalent and is so ingrained that it prevails and you talked about it here in this case that <clears throat> i mean despite yeah. being arrested in jail um coming out on parole mm-hmm. and doing it again and doing it again and doing it again it, it's almost like a it, it's your he's compelled it's a compulsion because of these serious delusions and so i wanted to speak to that for a minute um in psychology today the class that i or the the case that i told you about earlier um from april 2019 is about a term called erotomania erotomania is a type of delusion mm-hmm. a, a belief Okay, so it's a type of a delusional belief, excuse me, a delusional belief where a person believes that another person is in love with them despite serious Mm -hmm. evidence against it. Now, erotomania may be the result or can be the result of a short-term psychotic break, but the symptoms of it can be long-lasting and include attempts to contact the other person via phone calls, emails, Mm -hmm. texts, and gifts, things like that. All the things that you talked about earlier, those are all symptoms of the erotomania. So the the disorder is erotomania. What they're doing, the behavior is the texting, the calls, the posting things, the, I'm going to, you're going to get my, I'm going to get your attention. You're going to, you're going to be mine, all that stuff. So in April, 2019, in psychology today, there was an article posted called erotomania when love is a delusion, which I think is an amazing Amazing, quick little quip for uh, erotomania. Um, And the article goes on, the the writer says, um, and I I really found this fascinating from a Mm -hmm. psychotherapist's point of view. Um, So a patient came to LA, so the therapist Mm -hmm. is obviously in LA. So a patient came to LA because he had been communicating through social media with a well-known Hollywood actress who told him Mm -hmm. that they should be together, except that Mm -hmm. wasn't really the case. The actress did not know who he was. The communication that he had found on social media were actually posts that he had to dig out that were really general comments to all of her fans. Nothing specific to him. She had no idea who he was. He took her 
comments that he dug out. So he went looking for these um, comments about love and about fans and about all these things. And then he believed and chose to believe and to kind of perpetuate the belief that that was for him. And she was telling him, come to LA and be with me. Right. So no matter what, when he was confronted mm-hmm. with reality of the situation, he would not be convinced at the very, very best, what he came to and what the best they could get him to do was he would become angry with her and start questioning why she was wow. the way she was. If she doesn't love me, why is she saying all these things? Why is she leading me on this way? She's messing oh, with my head. Wow. Yada, yada, yada. So I thought that that was a a great little synopsis yeah. of erotomania. Um, I don't know. We're at 44 minutes. I mean, we could now give our tips and then call it. Or we could do a few. Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, sure. I feel like, bruise, bruise head I feel it. like, oh my gosh, we could do a whole nother episode on this, you guys, and just talk about stalking laws. So, yep, I, we do, I do have a few tips written down, but I really quick want to say that I did forget that at the end of, um, to say during Kathleen's case, because it wasn't the one I actually covered, so I didn't give you everything. Um, but oh, yeah. remember I had said she had moved to Florida because her husband played in the NFL. She had several restraining orders and stuff in California. Well, when this happened, um, she found out that um, the restraining orders and stuff she had in California didn't transfer to Florida when they moved. And so if she wasn't so... Like so, an advocate for herself, obsessive, happened. Yeah, and so um, now after that whole ordeal, Kathleen has worked really hard to not only help pass stalking laws in, like I said, in the first stalking laws in California, but then in all fifty states, and then to make stalking laws carry federal charges. It does does often carry cross state lines. Like there was no state she could have gone to that would have dissuaded Larry. He was going. And he was like the definition of the erotomania. He would get out on parole and literally tell his family members, I'm going to go get Kathleen. And <laughs> there he'd go. Like he was not being stealthy and trying to hide it. He wanted to go get his girl. <laughs> He's like, that's my girl. And yeah. waiting for me. I'm going to go get her. It's all you all. Yeah, of problems, course. Right. And that's, that's <laughs> the crazy part. Um, I, I do want to say that erotomania, though. It does happen in, in regular everyday, everyday society, I would say. Like, mm-hmm. it happens between, you know, Joe Schmo and whoever um, head right. leader is or whatever the case may be. Um, but primarily it happens in celebrity yeah. cases. So that's something that, that I would like to touch on um, in okay. segment two of this um, is, is definitely the celebrity mm-hmm. stalking and the... I, I mean, I know we're like, well, you make a million dollars, you make millions of dollars, not a million, you make millions of dollars, and you put yourself out there. Some of the shit that the Serratomania yeah. does, though, um, in in celebrity world is oh, crazy. Yeah. And so I would I would love to touch on some of that along. With I love it. Yeah, that can be. Well, we'll stay tuned for that, you guys, because when we come back with our next stocking episode, we'll cover all that. Do you have any tips? I just have a few that Kathleen um, has on her website and you guys can go to the website and cover more. I, yeah, I do. I just want to say a couple of things mm-hmm. that are very, very simple. Okay. So some things to keep in mind is that stalking is a crime yeah. in all 50 States. Okay. In all 50 States, the district of Columbia, us territories, military mm-hmm. and tribal lands. Okay. 
So mm-hmm. it, it is a crime proving it and the contextual differences and all of that yeah. kind of stuff is another mm-hmm. story, but it is a crime. Okay. Uh, let's see. The other thing that I want to say, some, some of the things that stalkers do, some of the behaviors right. are crimes on their own. So things like yeah. property destruction, or like you said earlier, mm-hmm. and, and she took that, Ronnie took mm-hmm. that to the authorities, defamation yeah. of character, okay, civil, that's mm-hmm. civil, but still, I mean, it, it is something mm-hmm. that you can, you can hem it on, but things like property destruction, um, right. assault, Breaking obviously, um, mm-hmm. threatening, um, mm-hmm. threatening assaults harassment all of those things mm-hmm. it, it is okay so um even if it's not a crime on its own and this is what we've also talked about like texting excessively right. is not a crime on should its own. Be. it should be <laughs> it literally should be um but the right attorneys and the right, right professionals mm-hmm. i think in the field advocates and, um counselors and attorneys in the field the people mm-hmm. that know the stalking behaviors mm-hmm. the dynamics the laws they can prove a pattern mm-hmm. of behavior. So the biggest thing for victims um, in, in being aware and being you know safe in this world is documenting mm-hmm. and reporting everything. So being very, very sure. The minute mm-hmm. you get that little sense, first of yes. all, fuck politeness, right? So first of all, you owe you owe him nothing. You know, you owe any mm-hmm. you don't owe anybody anything. So whatever, I'm a bitch. Okay. Yeah. I'm a safe bitch. That's, <laughs> that's all you gotta worry about. So that's my first tip is if you get that little question, little mm-hmm. feeling, little eh, and then your mama or your grandma Susie's little polite voice comes in there. Oh, dog, mm-hmm. don't be like that. Mm-hmm. You be sweet to your gentleman callers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're okay to say, you know what, dude, I'm not feeling it. Bye. Or whatever you have to say to that. That's my first one. The other thing that I want to hammer on is awareness, awareness, Mm -hmm. awareness, awareness. Remember this message. Remember this. Remember Mm -hmm. all of these things that we've talked about today. And finally, know that sometimes, most of the time, it is an unrequited love. It is not Mm -hmm. somebody being awkward or weird. It's not harmless. It's definitely fucking not romantic. You said that in the case earlier. And we do mm-hmm. as human beings, we do. We're like, right. oh, he thought of me. Fuck that. We don't, mm-hmm. you don't know me like that, homie. Right. That's kind of your thought. Does he know you that well? Do you know him that well for right. him to be bringing you a gift? Mm-hmm. So it's not romantic. Ultimately, these behaviors are stalking and they can mm-hmm. and will escalate if they're not, mm-hmm. if they're not thwarted. Um, I would love, 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 and I can't wait to get into more mm-hmm. of the erotomania because um, the delusions, the distortions, the freaking sheer psychotic mm-hmm. thought process behind that mm-hmm. pattern of belief is amazing. So I will, I will dig mm-hmm. into that next week. I, that's all I have too. You said exactly what I was going to say. It just um, save all the evidence, be your own case manager, your own detective, you know, save every piece of evidence that you have. I would just say that Kathleen says the first step that you should take is just to make it clear that you don't want any contact with them. And then any contact they have after that, document it because you've made it clear. Um, but that's it. Mm-hmm. And every time, every interaction, I don't mm-hmm. want any contact with you. You can't like cut uh-huh. them off through social media and then right. go mm-hmm. to dinner. With uh-huh. them. Like that's not working. And a lot of that, yeah. And a lot of that, like listen to it because- 
it happens. And especially with young people, like both of the cases I talked about started in high school, you know, you don't know, and you're just figuring out how to interact with people. So remember these, remember these red flags and these, the permission that we're giving you to fuck politeness. And if something feels weird, it's weird. Um, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to say we still have a couple more minutes left, but I do, I do want to say that there have been times um, in Allie and I's life where we've had some experiences <laughs> and we've had to like get past some experiences. Um, there was somebody in particular who, who um, mm-hmm. didn't want to go bye-bye mm-hmm. after Ellie said bye-bye to, to this person and just kept coming up. And as you're talking about these things, I'm like, holy shit, like, let me, let me figure out these reasons right. to talk to you about right. all extra. Yeah. Weird and- yeah. So, so you yeah. brought up the one and I was thinking of the one before that. So, so yeah, I did have a high school and then college boyfriend who, didn't really take the hint, but, but was like, what what I would say was harmless, but we still were like, okay, buddy, you're getting a little creepy. Like, stop it right now. But the one before that, um, I was in early high school. So, you know, a lot younger and we ended up parting ways and he did some creepy stuff and it was his, he was the reason we parted. He was his call. Um, but he did some creepy stuff like a year down the road. Um, would break into my car and kind of just cut up paper and leave it in my car. And I'm an, I'm a neat freak for anybody who knows me, a highly OCD neat freak. There's not torn up paper in my car. Highly um, So torn up paper in my car or get in my car. And I had a, a convertible, a little tracker convertible that you could pry up the top, not the safest car to get your team, but whatever. <laughs> he would get in the car and put one seat up, one seat back you know, goofy stuff like that, which. <laughs> so if you called the cops, when I, right, I ended up moving house. schools and the school resource officer actually caught him. And that's who I found out, how I found out it was him. I was highly suspicious that it was him anyway. <laughs> um, even though I had switched schools, but the school resource officer caught him and I don't know. You didn't know schools because well, I actually did though, clear. not because of him to get away, but I had already wanted to have my sights set on the next school. And we broke up at the end of my sophomore year. When we came back junior year, his, he was dating this girl and her locker was right next to mine. So I would have to see them making out at her locker and he would make a big show of it. It was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> not funny at the time. Well, it was, it was I was heartbreaking at the time, and then he stalked yeah. me. Yeah, and, and the then in, in a couple months down the road, he stalked me. Weirdest thing, like we're saying, you know, people Weirdest are weird. Thing. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking about high school stuff. I was thinking about your um college yeah. into when you were graduating from college. That was a little Past more that real. Into, so yeah, that was a little bit more real because he had more resources. He could just pop up more. We were more intertwined in our lives. Um. It was a little bit more Mm -hmm. than just the menacing, you know, in the parking lot. (laughs) Yeah, it it definitely was. I I believe I received a free (laughs) Yeah, we we all did make out very well with gifts during that time. (laughs) There were lots of gifts for lots of weird fucking reasons. Like, I'm going to send you this because. It would be when I had dates because we, you know, he knew where we lived, of course. And so it would be. He'd stalk, and then when I had dates, gifts would show up. And so my date, my new guy that I was trying to woo, you know, would be there. <laughs> and then all these people would be giving gifts. 
weird but if it's weird it's weird you guys if it feels weird it's weird and it felt weird and it was weird and this is from the two daughters of freaking longtime veteran who had he known if we i mean the minute when i told him about the fruit basket he had enough he was like all right i'm gonna send someone to talk to him because this is some bullshit like and i already i was a professional an early professional in the field at that time and he he was like Right, to my office and faking like he had these reasons right. to come to talk to me because so, I don't know. I say right after, but honestly, he it was fall. He was kind of followed us around for years because um, I remember being married and pregnant, seven months pregnant to my husband. Like now, this was sixteen years ago. This was probably three or four years after this breakup with this guy. I'm seven months pregnant and in church, and he's you know, the guy in question comes up to me and says, I'm a rock climbing instructor now. Do you want to come rock climbing with me this weekend? I'm married and seven months and pregnant. Seven months pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And she's, okay. Let me just say, Allie is quite dramatic. So at seven months pregnant, it was like 15 months pregnant, I swear. Like, oh my no. gosh. So, you know. Yeah. So it just shows the level of, Mm -hmm. obsession I guess mm -hmm. just uh, whatever whatever mm -hmm. I've had my own I've had my mm -hmm. own um experiences as Ali knows um mine are mine are yeah. a lot less right um, and we're laughing and giggling but like like you said Chris violence doesn't always precede a physical threat someone's not always like I'm gonna come kill you no. before they come kill you no and I don't think with with this idiot I I first of all he was like he didn't have much mm -hmm. in his ears yeah and so I, I'm not too, I, but, but there were some moments when we were, I was in high, we were in high school and Ellie's a few years younger than I am. And so we were alone a couple of times where some weirdos did some weird things. And we had a few moments that were pretty, pretty, um, I think scary and really, yep. really shaped, um, the reality yep. of, of what all this means. And so I just want to say that, and I would like to say again, thank you for, listening today and we will be hitting on some more interesting um stocking tips and stocking laws and um some celebrity stocking cases that fall into the Arano mania category um i would like to say thank yeah, you again. i'm excited for next time too <laughs> all right thanks guys all right so thanks and this is crime concepts with bye Christina. guys signing out <laughs>